Well, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. How are you guys holding up? You guys doing okay out there today? Or are you like me? Uh, I mean, it's been a couple of days here since New Year's Eve, and technically we still have four days left in this season of Christmas, right? The 12 days of Christmas. But let's, I mean, let's be honest. Do we have any energy left in us for the holidays? Or has it all been kind of exhausted at this point? Now, for me, I, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm ready. I know we're about ready to take the tree down at our house. Uh, it's kind of where we're at. But you know we're in this season of childlike wonder, right? Between the, the snow and the presents and the traditions and the parties. Uh, but the problem with this season is that it takes a, a childlike energy to enjoy it, right? It's kind of hard to enjoy as the years go by or to have that, that same energy. I know as a parent, for you parents out there and grandparents, we, we look at kids and we often say, how can I get some of that, right? How do they have so much energy balled up in those little cells? I mean, we're, we're kind of run down... <laughs> We're tired, we're weary, but our kids, I mean, they're going from the crack of dawn until bedtime, and then even then some, right? We want them to go to bed so that we can finally rest. These kids just have so much energy. And what's amazing to me is even when it comes to kids, even the common things, right? even the ordinary things, they find pretty amazing. They marvel at them as if they're new. I'm always remarking at my own daughter, Lily. She's three years old. And she'll say things to me. I mean, to me, they're just like the most mundane things. But she'll say them with complete exuberance in her voice, right? So she'll say, Papa, Papa, look, look outside the sky. The sky is purple. And the clouds, the clouds are pink. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's nice, Lily. That's nice. You know, she'll say, Papa, Papa, I'm, I'm three. I'm three. And she'll say, in one week, I'm going to be three. And it's because we kept training her like, your birthday is coming up. In one week, you'll be three. And so she turned three and still says, in one week, I'll be three. And I'm like, yes. I mean, technically, that is true. You will. And the week after that, and after that, you know, 52 of them, Lily. And then you'll be four. Whew, you know? You're excited about it, Lily. I love it. I'm, I, for me, it's just, it's, it's great. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. I mean, think, think about any kids. I mean, really, all kids are like that. I mean, think of the game peekaboo. You know, you hide your face, pop open, peekaboo, same old face, same old place, but the kid will ask you again, again, do it again, over and over. They love it. They love it. Even what seems to be commonplace and ordinary and repetitive, not to them. Because they have that childlike energy. How do we get some of that? <laughs> well, in our text today that we just heard, specifically the gospel reading from Mark chapter 10, Jesus poses a bit of a challenge to us, older folks, us parents and grandparents, or just us adults in general. Jesus comes with a challenge to us about how God works, what his kingdom is about. 
And kids, for you kids here today, Jesus is saying, hey, you guys might be on to something. You guys might get something that we need to learn from you. And Jesus does it in, in a masterful way, really. He does it in one line. We read four verses, but really it comes down to one verse. Jesus says, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Our ears perk up. He's talking about the kingdom and entering it. And that's what we're kind of concerned with, right? We want to enter it, Jesus. We want to get into the kingdom. We want to be in. He says, I'm telling you right now, here's a little tip. Whoever does not receive it, like a child. Well, to understand what Jesus is saying, we have to understand what he means by the kingdom of God or by the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Because that phrase, kingdom of God, I think sometimes we want to just take the word heaven and kind of put it in place, right? Instead of saying the kingdom of God, to enter the kingdom of God, we might think just to enter heaven. And when we think of heaven, we might be thinking of, you know, a a cloudy space up in the sky with winged angels and and good things, you know, love and, and hope and life. But when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, He's not talking about a location, not geographically. Anytime Jesus talks about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, he's not talking spatially about a kingdom, but he is talking about a reality. He's talking about God's rule and reign right here, right now. This is why when Jesus walked around, he said, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's near. It's not far away. It's near because I am here. I, Jesus. Jesus says, I am a king. But I'm not like the other kings. I'm a king who has come, but I'm not a king here to conquer geographic space with armies and swords. But I am here to claim territory, to claim people, to claim hearts. God's kingdom and his rule and reign, it's a reality that gets ushered in with Jesus. And he comes to establish it in his life, in his death, and then to keep establishing it through his people. Through his people. So it comes by his presence. It's not, it's not so much a place as it is a person. Right? It's a person. So we've got to get our heads out of uh, talking about a place when Jesus is referring to his kingdom. Uh, because what is heaven anyway, right? It is, like we said, it's, it's love and peace and joy and hope. Right? These things that a person brought with him. A king who other kings came and bowed down to, right? Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. It's interesting in the Greek. We might hear that sentence and hear it uh, calling the disciples to, to become like those little kids that Jesus was taking up in his arms, right? Become like those little ones, uh, dependent on me, you know? But it is possible that Jesus not only means that, 
but, but means to say as well, the kingdom of heaven is like a child. That God's rule and reign, that God's gracious activity is childlike. And so the disciples' reception of those children is also a reception, an image of the reception of God's kingdom. Now, if this is confusing, just track with me for a minute. I'll explain it more in detail here in a second. But, but if this sounds challenging to you, you're in good company because the disciples, right, they don't get it either. They don't get it either when Jesus tells this, this little line to us. And, and we see this even in the context leading up to this. Now, the disciples, they've been following Jesus for three years, right? Every single day walking with Jesus. And these guys are still struggling. They thought they had him figured out, but chapter 9 all the way up to chapter 10 in our text today shows us these guys still don't quite get it. Earlier in chapter 9, the disciples had come running to Jesus and they say, Teacher, we saw someone who was casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. The disciples had kind of put God in a box. They thought that God could only uh, do his work when he was amongst the disciples. They, they thought they were kind of in the elite inner circle and that, that God's activity was found only among them. And they were shocked to learn that God could use someone outside their circle to bring God glory and participate in his kingdom. God surprised them. He showed them that his ways were different than what they thought and that he was bigger than what they thought. Again, in chapter 9, the disciples argued about who of them was the greatest. And, and even in a few verses here, uh, a couple of disciples are going to ask Jesus directly, when you come into your kingdom, when you take the throne, can we have the right seat and the left seat? Can we have some of this power that you're going to bring? Because the disciples thought that God's kingdom was going to be a show of strength, like other kingdoms. They thought he would conquer and give them some of this power. But again, they had God boxed in. They viewed him in a way that, well, it wasn't his way. Because the kingdom of God is unique. It's full of surprises. Kind of like a child. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child, Children are a little hard to contain. This is why I had Marcus do the uh, box time today. He asked me before service, who's got the box today? Do you want to do it? And I said, no. <laughs> I said, you can do it. I've seen these kids. No, they're really nice. But you know, kids, they're, they're a little hard to contain sometimes, a little hard to control. They don't always operate the way we want them to. But we try to contain them. Sometimes we don't realize, maybe, how much we try to contain God and His kingdom. How much we have boxed God in in our own thinking about Him. Just think what are some of the bounds that maybe you have put on God or that I have put on God. For instance, does God only come to you on one day during one particular hour in one place of the week. No. 
Well, of course he is here, and of course he delivers his forgiveness to you here, but, but God is much bigger than this space. Is God only relegated to a certain people group in your life? Is it only with certain friends that God is with you? Is it only within a certain denomination? Or is God bigger than that? Maybe we even look at other people around the room or around the world and think, well, clearly God is working in their life, but I don't really see how God could be working in mine. Someone else seems to have the blessings coming. They seem to have more confidence and, and a stronger faith, and it just seems that God is really blessing them, but I don't, I don't necessarily feel it for myself, and I'm not quite sure if God can actually come down into my life, into the drudges of it, into the mess of it. Do we box God up? and put bounds on him. Well, if we do, we are in good company because those disciples of Jesus did it too. We call ourselves disciples of Jesus, right? Maybe we need to, to relearn our Savior like his disciples of old because the kingdom of God comes in surprising, unexpected ways. But there's another way in which God's kingdom looks and acts like a child. And maybe it's one that you need to hear on this January 2nd of a new year, and on a new day, in a life that maybe doesn't feel new enough. Maybe it feels old and worn down and ragged. There's a guy who I want to quote, who I think put it well. His name is G.K. Chesterton. He was an author and theologian kind of at the turn of the century, in the early 1900s. Chesterton wrote this. He said, All the towering materialism which dominates the modern mind rests ultimately upon one assumption, a false assumption. He says, It is supposed that if a thing goes on repeating itself, it is probably dead, a piece of clockwork. People feel that if the universe was personal, it would vary. If the sun was alive, it would dance. He says this is a fallacy, even in relation to known fact. For the variation of human affairs is generally brought into them, not by life, but by death, by the dying down or breaking off of their strength or desire. For example, the sun rises every morning. I do not rise every morning. But the variation is not due to my activity, it's due to my inactivity. It's due to my own tiredness and weariness, my failure to rise up. He asks, is it possible that God says every morning to the sun, do it again? And every night to the moon, do it again. It may not be automatic necessity that makes uh, daisies alike. It may be that God makes daisies separately, but has never grown tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy, for we have sinned and grown old, and our Father is younger than we. You see what Chesterton is saying? He's saying the kingdom of God comes like a child. 
that energy that we see in little ones, that we want to get a little piece, that we wonder, how do they have so much energy? God does not tire. He does not tire. He does not grow weary. He does not get sleepy. He has energy. Energy so much that he didn't just create this world and set it in motion to let it drift off every day to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. No, he has so much energy that he comes to each new day raising the sun up in its brilliance to shine over this world. Do we see it? Do we take notice of it? God is intimately involved in his creation, and he takes great joy and delight in working it, even in the monotonous, like a child. And that's really good news for a weak and wearied people, because it means that God is also not tired of us. He's not tired of us. And it means that his love for you is not some sort of, you know, mechanical ongoing into eternity that he just reminds you about that happened one time a long time ago. It means just like the sun has risen this day because God rose it into its place, his love for you is new this day. God speaking his love for you. Showing his love for you. Uh, That's what we read in Lamentations, that his mercies are new every morning. With each sunrise, God is renewing us. Do we see it? Do we notice it? God coming to us, his weak and weary people to give us life and newness like a child. I think that the most surprising and childlike way that God works, that's how his kingdom comes, like a child, full of life and full of surprises, is the cross. And the cross has this kind of danger to it, in my opinion, uh, of becoming redundant, if that were possible. Because we talk about it every week. We talk about Jesus' forgiveness every week and this new life every week. It has the possibility to become redundant if its power was like our power. But it's not. The cross is power, is like a child. It's, it's full of life. And it's surprising. It's surprising because no other, uh, no other religion is like this. Of all the other major religions that have been founded, those major religious figures... They all lived into old age. I don't know if you knew this. But Confucius lived to be in his 70s. Uh, Moses, of course, was an old man of old age when he went. Uh, Muhammad, he lived into his 60s. They had long-lasting reigns on this earth. But Jesus, he gives his life away. 33 years of age, a young man. It's surprising, shocking, wouldn't expect it. And yet it is the place where life comes. This is the irony of the cross and its power that Jesus dies on the cross, releases us from sin and guilt and shame, and it's, it gives us life, and this is new for us. New for us, if we can see it. If we can notice it. 
what does this mean for you in this new year? I hope it means two things. First, I hope you look for God and his activity in your life the way a child does, like a game of peekaboo, right? Because God is popping up and working all over the place, maybe where you least expect it, but he is revealing himself again and again. Look for him. Look for him in places you wouldn't expect, maybe in areas of your life that you had maybe boxed him out of, but that he wants to be. Secondly, in this new year, I pray that you see that you as well are new. This was Paul's words in Corinthians, that you are a new creation. That whatever the past has for you, it doesn't have a hold on you. Because like the Son and like God's forgiveness, you yourself are a new creation. God is recreating you this day, giving you breath and life on purpose for this day and for the next day. And the one after that in this monotonous string of days we have on this earth. Look for the newness. Because God is in it. He is with you. Even when life feels monotonous. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. My friends, the kingdom has come in a child who was born, who lived, and who died for you. It's in his name that we look into this new year. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, may it guard our hearts and minds in the one true faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.